This episode is featuring Rose Merditai on Women Taking the Lead. That doesn't come from me being a, a this amazing, smart person that comes with me collaborating with women who are smarter, who have done it, who are willing to share their journey and who are willing to say, okay, here's where we are today as women. How do we create the next best program to help drive us forward? Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead. I'm Jody Flynn, and I am here with Rose Murditai, who is the founder and CEO of Real Women Collective Action, or RWCA. She has over 10 years banking experience and over eight years running small businesses. Her career in banking has involved many roles and responsibilities that she used every day to help and develop those around her, and I've seen her do this in action. It's really amazing. And while in these roles, she completed a bachelor's of science degree in business, all the while raising her children as a single mom. Rose was born and raised in Kosovo, Yugoslavia. There, she felt the deprivation of limited life choices for women and being considered a second-class citizen. Years later, having overcome many, many struggles, being a resource and creating a path for women is one of her main passions in life. She mentors and coaches youth groups on financial management in Suffolk, Newport News, and Hampton, Virginia, and volunteers with Habitat for Humanity, the Food Bank, Goodwill, and various shelters throughout the year. She believes anyone can achieve great success with hard work, dedication, and focus. Amen. And before I hand the mic over to her, I just want to tell you how Rose and I met because I think it it speaks to the power of networking. So kind of the backstory is um, through my involvement with the Maine Women's Conference. So I'm here in Maine and I went to one of our Cocktails and Connections, our semi-annual networking events. And I met a woman who lives locally here in Maine. We hit it off. Our personalities definitely jived. We had a lot of laughs in that conversation. And over time, um, that woman, and her name is Deborah, Deborah and I built up a relationship and got to know each other better. And one day, Deborah reached out to me and said, hey, I have a woman that you need to meet. And she's doing these incredible things down in Virginia, and she's developing um, a nonprofit to help women entrepreneurs and leaders to develop and just become a force in the world. So Deborah coordinated a meeting with Rose and I, and it was just amazing right from the get-go because Rose is like many of you. She is driven. She's intelligent. She's adaptable. She she has those type A personalities that we all have been working with. And we, again, had a lot of laughs in the program. And I just got jazzed that here was this woman with a very successful career in baking, still in banking, 
you know, no immediate plans to leave her current job, who's starting a nonprofit to help other women develop as leaders and to be able to take advantage of opportunities that are out there for women or create new opportunities for women. So it was through, you know, networking in Maine that I met this woman in Virginia and we have had the opportunity to meet up in person several times. I'm so grateful to know her and she's a force. And I knew, especially in this month of Women's History Month and, you know, International Women's Day, which is the day we're recording this episode, which is really cool. And it's the month it's the anniversary of Women Taking the Lead. I knew I wanted you all to meet Rose um, and, and just see why, you know, I find her to be so amazing and why she's so inspiring. So Rose, that being said, I'm going to hand the microphone over to you. What would you add to everyone that would help them to get to know you a little bit better? Thank you, Jody. I, I, I don't want to ruin it. You should just end the <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> I could have gone on for several more paragraphs about what you're up to, how you're helping people in the community. We're going to get to some of that a little bit later too, but it could have gone on and on. And I think just in like your one statement really captures how even when we're successful women and on paper, we're like, wow, who's done this? Oh, it's me. (laughs) We have a hard time like acknowledging like, yes, I'm doing that. And there's so much more I'm going to do, you know, before my time is through as well. So yeah. Well, you're kind and thank you for the introduction. I'm honored to be here. And, and we didn't plan for this to be on international women's day, but it, uh, the universe conspired to make this happen, I believe, today. Thank you to Deborah. And what a, what a whirlwind of a relationship. I uh, believe it or not, um, I met her years ago. I hired Deborah to do my resume. And I believe when we, in part of her process, she interviews her applicants. You know, she tries to get to know them so she can appropriately capture them. It's probably the best resume I've ever had that I never used um, because I was. I was recruited somewhere else. I just didn't have to use that. Um, And then um, what ended up happening years ago, we liked each other very much. And she said, you know, do you mind if we keep in touch? And I said, I would love it. I just enjoy talking to her. And we didn't know where this relationship was going to go. So we stayed in touch for years. We kept up on LinkedIn. I would send her things. I would have a call here and there with her and and just go through my day to day. When I formed RWCA, I had a call with her. Um, it was uh, out of frustration, really. I, I needed someone to vent to that I knew would listen, and she was a great listener always. So I said, I've done this thing, and I'm reaching out to schools. I'm reaching out to curriculum writers. And I struggled finding someone that was just open-minded enough to say, okay, the role of women has improved, you know, and I was looking for someone that, that was curious, um, and wanted to develop a curriculum that, that addressed the fact that despite the media trends that show that, you know, we can go to work just like everybody else, we have a voice still, when you look at statistical data, women in fortune 500 companies still represent less than 5%, um, of that gender in the workforce. And, and I, and I found it problematic and, and I know that locally we're able to open businesses. There are a lot of initiatives for us, but I found it problematic that even though, despite all the work we've done to get to where we are, 
the numbers weren't better. And I, and I just wanted to know why. And I wanted to work with people that had the same, the same level of curiosity and, and wanted to challenge cu- the curriculum. They wanted to say, okay, how do we change that number? And, and maybe not overnight, but how do we slowly start working in the right direction? So how did you conceive of RWCA? You know, because you had all of these perceptions and observations about the lack of women in senior leadership roles in organizations, but you took that, you know, a lot of people are there, right? They're aware, they're a little frustrated, but you did something about it and you started taking some action. What was the journey um, in conceiving of RWCA? Going into the market where where I live and work, and coming from a background where women are not recognized, and and women women where I come from are not in leadership roles, and maybe have progressed more now. However, my parents were arranged. I I didn't grow up believing that women could accomplish things, and as I kept on growing in my careers, I kept on accomplishing things. So I was almost I was almost disproving myself. And as I, as I progressed in my career, I recognized uh, leadership skills that I had and I joined leadership programs and I looked at all the things that it takes to be a good leader. And as I looked around, I found a huge gap to meet the number, you know, so I, I saw there were really good programs in one area, maybe just in education, you know, and then as I was interviewing people, and we interview as a habit, maybe I just do it myself, but I interview people as a habit. I want to know, you know, how did you get to, especially I met a really cool lady. She's a lieutenant colonel. And I wanted to know how she got there. I wanted to know how, what her journey was like and, and what were the steps that she took. And as I talked to people, I said, well, there really isn't one place that captures all of that. And, and because I noticed that there wasn't one place that captured all of that, I started looking at it at a larger scale. I started looking at the state. I started looking at national numbers and I said, okay, so everybody wants this to do well. However, I didn't see a place that captured all of what it takes to be a leader. So I said, well, maybe I just don't know what it takes to be a leader. So I'm going to start doing some research on what it takes to be a good leader and I started talking to people that had accomplished what I thought were, was that role, you know, um, senior vice presidents, presidents of large corporations, uh, women who have achieved uh, amazing things in the military, women in construction, women in technology. And, and what I found was one parallel. And the parallel was, how do we get there? Not because we are women but because we're qualified to do so. And how do we slowly change this unconscious bias that's been there? And, and because it's been there for so long, I don't believe that it's going to get changed overnight. What I do believe is that it's going to take a comprehensive program to help take us in the right direction one small step at a time. So RWCA is a collection of all of that. RWCA is a collection of, of the research and the space that I believe needs to be created for women to take us into that, into changing that four or 5% into possibly 6% one year. Do I think it's an overnight thing? No. Do I believe that I'm going to continue doing this work for the rest of my life to, until we find that space and improve that space? Yes. 
I believe we've created something that is a framework and we're at the baseline of that framework. And I'm looking for women who believe that as well. I'm looking for women who believe that we can come together and we can create a better program. And that doesn't come from me being a, a this amazing, smart person that comes with me collaborating with women who are smarter, who have done it, who are willing to share their journey and who are willing to say, okay, here's where we are today as women. How do we create the next best program to help drive us forward? So that's what RWCA is. And, and I, I got into that once I got into the mission of what I believe this is going to be, I just couldn't stop. And, and every day, you know, it was my, I would get off work and say, okay, I'm going to do a little bit more research today. I'm going to do a little bit more research today. And one day I was, um, I did a, I, I, I was in a whiskey group that I kept on telling all my friends about this thing that I'm constantly researching. And I would, you know, argue with them about where we think we are. And they're like, well, Rose, you just need to start this. And so I said, no, I'm not going to start it. I just, I'm bothered. You know, I see a problem. I don't know a solution. I want to create a solution. And I, I just kept on talking it through. And as I kept on talking it through, I had um, a, a friend of mine who's an attorney. And he said, Rose, you're either going to start this 501c3 or you're going to shut up about this problem. And I said, okay, fine. I'm going to shut up about this problem. He said, that's not going to happen. We're going to see you again tomorrow. And you're going to have 41,000 issues with the way things are happening. And so I got into work and he had a 501c3 application on my desk. And, and, and that, that support and the, the fire just never died. I spent three years researching this and three years just, just wondering why, you know, and, and I don't believe we have it, you know, completely figured out. I don't think we have ever anything figured out, but I believe we're at the really good start of something that's going to evolve into a great program that I believe can impact women worldwide. Yes. And the, and there are three different focuses of RWCA. Can you go over um, those three focuses? And then you and I will start deep diving into the piece that I was brought on to help you with. Through the research um, I had completed and through the interviews, I, I narrowed down three different areas that a good leader possesses. One is a solid foundation of education. The other is philanthropy. And the third is global awareness. So meaning that we, a, a good leader is someone that is, is knowledgeable and education is a combination of, of good information and work experience and philanthropy, meaning that you care about the space that you're in. You, you can have all the education you want if you don't care about you know, global issues, local issues, the place where you live, it's difficult to be a good leader without that innate responsibility to want to do something about it. And then global awareness. We live in a world where we are constantly judging people. You know, I go into rooms and I am a Rose Merdita, you know, people automatically just by looking at my name will we'll make assumptions. And it's not a terrible thing. I'm not looking for sympathy there, but that is the norm. It, it's people, we're constantly judging each other by the way that we look, cultural differences, by the way that we talk to one another. You know, how is someone going to understand my directness 
if they don't understand my background? And how do we teach people that people all around the world have different cultures, they communicate differently, and um, it doesn't make you better or worse, it just makes it that. And so the, the part of what RWCA is, it helps people identify where they are in that spectrum and the things that they need to do to be a, what we consider a holistic leader. And that I also want to add with the global awareness piece is the business world is getting smaller and smaller because of technology and communications that now when you go into business, you're not, you likely don't just have a local business or a national business. Likely you are going to at some point have customers that are international. And so having that awareness of the world at large and how business is happening globally will be an advantage for any up-and-coming leader. Um, and especially because RWCA, the, the leaders um, that this program is focusing on and the institution it wants to help are leaders who want to get to those top levels of leadership. So this isn't necessarily for the person who just wants to be a manager and stay there. This is the person who is going to be in decision, you know, big decision-making roles at some point um, in their career. And also businesses that want to grow and expand and not just be the micro business. They want to grow into that larger small size business or mid-sized business or even the larger um, organizations. And also um, another um, population you're trying to help is these companies who do want to have more women in leadership, but are struggling to figure out how do we develop the talent to be ready for those roles? Because you can't just throw anybody into those roles just because they fit a demographic. They want the, these people to be ready for those roles. And so part of the, I know the research you've done is why aren't women being seen as qualified for those roles? You know, they either don't have the skills or they're not perceived as having the skills. Either way, there's something in the way and how can we, you know, help them um, so that these companies are achieving their goals as well, along with the women who want to be in these top positions. And so this is a great segue to talk about the piece I was brought in to help and develop, which was the education piece. So Deborah originally introduced us because you were looking for a curriculum partner for the leadership development program um, that you were starting. And what was really cool in what you were just saying was, Gosh, there you weren't finding a place out there that ha that was doing something different, right? And that was preparing people for, you know, to to um, you know, take on leadership roles in the future, and especially speaking directly to women. You know, you you had shared that like a lot of leadership development programs don't typically distinguish out what are the differences and the tendencies between men and women leaders because there has been research done and books written about how different things hold back women and men as they're developing and becoming a leader. And in our conversation, I think one of the things that um, was my appeal to you is I am so immersed in the area of women and leadership and their development, not just through my own business, but through the main women's conference and other organizations I have um, either spoken to or worked with and partnered with. And the other thing is, you know, I told you from the get-go that my, um, my system for developing leaders is different and largely 
is built on the foundation of self-awareness. And for you, you like your eyes lit up when we were talking about that and you were like, yes, yes, yes. And as we were talking about developing the curriculum, we both agreed that no matter what we were talking about, the component of having self-awareness in all of those components was important because um, without self-awareness, you don't know how you're impacting other people. You don't know how to manage yourself. You don't know how to bring your best self forward. Um, and so let me, um, I, th- I think I'll take this because I'm the one who's developing the curriculum. Talk a little bit about the curriculum of the leadership development program um, in RWCA. So um, there are seven different um, components that um, for anyone who goes through this program, there um, are going to be modules built around this. And so, like I just said, we are starting off with self-awareness, emotional awareness, time and energy management, how to take care of yourself, and then bring that forward into your day. And then we're going to do a whole module on building relationships, like listening skills, like choosing your words and your language and the delivery of your message, how you communicate, um, and understanding workplace dynamics um, in how we communicate as well. The third module is around developing other leaders. If you are going to be a top leader, you must have the ability to develop other leaders. And this is, this is the level where a lot of people fall off the track because they, they realized that they wanted more responsibility. They wanted to be promoted, but they didn't really want to lead other people. Right. And I think some people will nod their heads and go, yes, that's me. And there's nothing wrong with that, but this is not the track for you. If you want to be in a top level of leadership, you have to know how to develop other leaders. So we're going to harness some of the natural coaching skills that we all have, but don't um, necessarily always hone or know how to use. We're going to talk about, um, you know, the ability to ask and problem solving, you know, do um, working collaboratively and getting collaboration agreements. And then, of course, all of this always bases in self-awareness. Then we're going to talk about um, in the next module, conflict resolution, how to deal with conflict, performance coaching, right? A lot of conflict comes up when we have to coach somebody else on their uh, performance and really building on the listening, the relationship building, you know, and expanding here into setting clear expectations and holding people accountable. That's another place where a lot of leaders can fall down. They're, They're not clear in their expectations and they get very wishy-washy around holding people accountable to those um, expectations. And then how to deal with um, conflicting personalities. You know, sometimes that can be the source of conflict, but that is something that um, with the tools we're, we're going to give the participants in this program is something that is not as insurmountable as we tend to appear. I think when we have a personality, we con- conflict with someone, we can throw our hands in the air and go, oh, that's it. I can't, I can't get along with this person because we're so different, but that is not true. Then we're going to talk about networking. Yes, if you are going to be in the top level of leadership, you definitely have to hone your networking skills. And this is going to be, you know, your, um, your appearance, your presence, you know, creating a strategy for networking that plays to your strengths and you know, like with everything I do, I always teach people how to have fun. You know, a lot of people don't like networking because it seems so stressful and, you know, creepy and all of this stuff, but I'm going to give everyone a different perspective on networking. That's actually going to make it like it is something you naturally do and enjoy doing. And then the sixth module is negotiations and sales. Yep. 
we <laughs> are coming here. And that is going to have a lot to do with the ability to influence, building rapport, you know, being curious and, and inquiring, like Rose said, like you inquire into what's going on with people, you know, confirming the needs, getting the conditional agreement, and then the contact contractual agreement. And this can be an informal or a formal process because we are all in sales and we are negotiating all the time. It's just a question of, are you very good at it? And then lastly is strategic thinking. And that's the ability to think systematically on multiple timeframes. So, you know, basically balancing current needs with future goals. Can you do this? And here's the thing with a lot of women, and, you know, and myself included in my career, we're so good at doing, we're so good at being technicians and just getting in the weeds. Like this needs to get done. I know how to do it. I'm going to do it. But then we lose that ability to develop the skill to develop, to think strategically. And I will tell you, I, you know, um, it's starting to prove out that it's because women are perceived that either it's true, they, they struggle with thinking strategically or they are perceived as struggling with thinking strategically. They are not getting promoted into the top levels of leadership because this is a skill you cannot be without new, like you will not get promoted unless you are able to display the ability to think strategically. Uh, Rose, anything you want to add to that? That's why you're doing that job. <laughs> you know, the, uh, we collaborated on this uh, extensively, you know, and, and yeah. this is why this, this, this relationships between you and I works. The, um, it, you know, the having someone who's had over 20 years in this line of work, Jody. And then taking a rose out of Virginia, who's seeing what I'm seeing and saying, okay, is this really what we want to teach? You know, how do we, how do we make this, how do we ensure that we have the, the meat and potatoes of, of what, what the skill set needs to be? And I can't imagine doing it with someone other than you, you know, uh, your ability to say, okay, I see your point of view. Here's what my experience says. And I, and the pushback that you get is, well, I ex hear your experience. Here's, here's what I'm looking <laughs> at. How do we address that? And having that type of collaboration to spend uh, almost a year talking about, is this the right, is this the right class? You know, is this, how do we create the most efficient class? And your willingness to be open despite your experience, I, I couldn't be more thankful for. Yeah. And it's been uh, a real pleasure to get that pushback every now and again and get that challenge. And, you know, you, you've asked on uh, a couple of occasions, well, we, you know, why isn't this included or what are we thinking here? And there have been some cases where I was able to say, okay, here's you know, what I was thinking and this is why. And you said, okay. And then there were occasions where you're like, I'm going to challenge that. And I said, okay. And you did. And we ended up making some changes. So there is that, um, what I love about this is even in the creation of this program, there is that collaboration that we want to teach other people, you know, to be willing and open-minded to work with others and get new ideas. Um, and I think this this lends well to then talking about like what can people expect, you know, like if they're a participant in this program, what can they expect? Well, I'll start off by just saying like you're gonna have a good time. 
right? You're going to be in a room with other women who, like you, want to get to those top levels of leadership. They're driven and they're serious about, you know, where they're going and what they want to do. But I will guarantee you, you can't be in the room with Rose and I and not realize, like, we can have a good time while we're doing this as well. What are your thoughts, Rose, on what I believe can they can expect some a phenomenal curriculum that's been thought out um, with a combination of 20 plus year experience, research and, and ongoing things that are being added. Um, you can expect to be a part of a network. And, and, and I challenge you when you join this, when you, when you come through the program, I challenge you to join our alumni because they say that. And, and I say they, because I hate saying they, so because nobody knows who they are. But they say that we have not been able to collaborate as well as men have and, and in a sense of Mason Lodges and, and some of those types of things. And I believe that we can. I believe that we can come together. And I believe that this is a start of something really great. And this is a group of that. And we wrapped the course up with a trip to Spain within our first year. Uh, the global education is part of this curriculum because manufacturing, work, uh, IT, a lot of that has been outsourced and learning how to work with different countries is essential. And more importantly, it's essential to learn how they do business so they can complement your business here in the U.S. Um, and Spain, I have contact, the contacts we have in Spain have been gracious enough to give us some tours on how they do business there. And there is no way to learn but by doing, well, there probably is. You can read about it. You can see a picture of Spain and say, I, I know exactly what it feels like to be on a beach in Spain just by looking at it, maybe for some, not for me. I want to be there. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure you want to be there too. So, and I want to thank you there. So allow me to take you there, join our curriculum, um, taught by Jody. be surrounded by women who are going to support you because if you don't, you're not of a mindset of collaboration, you're probably not going to find this program appealing anyway. And then come on a trip and learn how business is done firsthand in another country. I, I believe you have, that's my, that's how I view, that's how I view the, this program. Absolutely. And to add, you know, anyone who does this program, you are going to get an immediately like new insights into who you are, what you're capable of, your problem solving abilities are going to go through the roof. Um, I just know that from working with my own clients, like you suddenly have the tools and the abilities and the awareness to see things differently so that you're seeing new solutions and opportunities. Like you'll be able to immediately put what you're learning from day one into action, like from the get-go. So I'm really excited about this. I love it. I love seeing the changes in people as they go through a curriculum like this and what they gain in the relationships that were built. So I'm, I'm super excited about this. And Rose, you and I had a conversation about how like putting together um, something like this is, is just like putting on an event. Um, and the coordination, you have been doing some major, like, you're like a duck that like, on the surface, like, is just gliding across the water and just looks so serene and you have it all together. <laughs> and underneath you are pedaling like mad, like your feet are moving so fast. Uh, and that's the, the impression I get with you, especially putting everything together. What are your thoughts on that? I am so glad that the facade is working, Jody. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> Uh, I, I always the uh, I want to accomplish so much, 
in the in the area and in this work. And I believe in the community where I live. And I believe that any leader, uh, regardless of where you come from, where you live is what where you should care about. And so um, this is like putting on an event because I can come out with, uh, I don't believe I know it all. I believe that I've done a lot of work to to identify a gap and a need in, in, in executive leadership training for women, but I don't believe I'm the answer to it all. And so I work very diligently to find the people and the resources that I feel like are going to help us the most. And I work hard to bring those people to the table because they are the ones that are going to truly do this. So uh, I say that to say that, Yes, uh, on the surface of it, it's it, I'm working through making sure that we can deliver because of the skill set that I have. I have the ability to bring those those things to the table. However, it, it is very hard work. It, it's very hard work, and and, it, and it's humbling also because I've had an opportunity to say to myself, I remember writing and trying to write out a curriculum, and I said, Oh no, I'm not good at this. I don't need to be doing this, and and. I know enough to know we have a problem and I know enough to research the people that need to come to the table to do this. But I am, I am fortunate to be surrounded by people like you, Jody, and I'm fortunate to be surrounded by people who are out in Spain who have seen me work in the business community. To, I've, I'm fortunate for the people to see my work ethic and, and the amount of integrity I have about everything I do for them to say, you know what? Thank you for being strong enough to not think you know it all. And thank you for coming to the table and saying, we have a problem. How do we create a solution? And at a large scale, if we can do that as a population of women, I believe we can do anything in this world. And I do believe that over time, and my goal is before I die, I see this needle move from 4 5% to an up. I, I don't know what that number is. I can't judge that on a national level, but... I, I would, between now and, and the rest of my life, like to influence the role of women in executive leadership. I love that. And where can people register and find out more about RWCA and apply to be in the leadership development program? The leadership development program is going to be our same website, www.rwcanow.org. You're going to click on the register button. It takes you through a series of questions. We want to make sure that this program is right for you. And if you're going to spend money, that we are a value add. So I ask that you give the question some thought and um, and apply. And I want to speak to you because while you were talking, it reminded me of something else. Because you, we talked earlier about how much... Um, community is important to you in the local community. Like, right. We like there's, you know, for some of you listening, like you want to be national and international. And so do I, but it all starts at the grassroots. Like where, where are you living right now and the impact you're having on your community? And Rose definitely lives by this and she does love events. And so these things have come together. So I want people to get an experience of how multifaceted you are, Rose. So tell us, about Mayday 757. Okay. In Hampton Roads area, we're limited in the things that we do for first responders. And there are needs for first responders in this community that are not being addressed to include gear for firefighters who are facing, you know, uh, getting cancer as a result of being on duty and because they don't have the right equipment and the money's not in the budget they can't purchase these things. And I am someone 
when I see the people that are going to come to my house in the middle of the night and are working four days straight and I have an opportunity with the resources that I have to make a difference, I am, I look at it. I can sit here and complain about it, or I can say, I have resources. How do I make a difference here where I live? Um, because it's my obligation to make a difference if I can, and I feel that I can. So I decided to do the, I decided to throw the first annual um, first responders event. It's open to the public and it's going to support first responders in the Newport News area. It's not just open to the public. I want to take a pause here. Like <laughs> this is like a like little fest day that you're doing for the whole community to come and say thank you to the first responders who put their lives at risk and, you know, put themselves in harm's way to protect the people around them. So I don't, I just want to make sure everyone knows this isn't just like this little like event that it's open to the public. So if you want to come, you can come like, no, this is going to be amazing. So sorry, Rose, I just had to, I had to add that. It, it's hard to, it's hard to Jody, you know, when you hear it from other people, it, it's different than when you say it out yeah. loud yourself, but the, um, the event is, 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 uh, in the center of the city. It's in Port Warwick in Newport news. And it's in a venue that, um, can house three, 4,000 people. And I am looking to engage the entire community. So I designed the event so that it's friendly to children. It's friendly to first responders. Um, the music performed is by the kids who go to schools in Newport News and Hampton. Uh, this is a community event. This event needs to be thrown by the community for the community and participated with the community. Uh, there's enough hate and, and discontent out there for first responders, for police, for fire, and, and they work really hard. And if you're in a military community, that can go to the wayside and nobody's looking at and nobody's looking at saying, Hey, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we as a community come together to support them? And maybe they are looking at it and they just haven't figured out how. Um, but I believe this is a first step towards that. I don't believe that as an organization, this is going to be something that we're going to keep doing just different events because we're focused in leadership and this is a leadership moment. So I believe this event will, over over the course of the years, be given to an organization that's just primarily focused on this. But this is a start in a community that has a need for something huge. So it, it, we have an obligation in our country, and, and, and more importantly, in your local community, because you can't change the world, but you can impact a few people around you. I thoroughly believe that. And I believe that we can humanize people and this is an event, as much as this event is going to benefit the community, it's going to benefit the first responders. So Rose, where can people find out more about May Day 757? Uh, people can find out more about May Day 57 at our website, uh, www.rwcanow.org. Go to the events tab. It will have all the information for, for the community and anyone else interested in participating. Okay. And lastly, Rose, where can everyone find out more about you and follow you and what you're up to? Because you're always up to something. Uh, so I am on LinkedIn under uh, Rose Merditai. And you're going to have to check Jody's podcast to check the spelling on that. Um, yeah, that'll be right in the show notes. And if you're listening to this episode on your device, you'll see how her last name is spelled right on the episode title. And if you are on Instagram, you can go to RWCA underscore now. 
and you can see some of the work that we're doing. It also gives you updates about events and RWCA now is also on Facebook. We are a 501c3 organization and we are looking forward to supporting the employers who want to improve their ability to attract top talent. And we want to talk to CEOs and women who are running their companies and don't always have a network of strong women that they can bounce ideas off of. And we want to appeal to the individuals who are within their organizations and just don't know how to get that additional training for whether it's uh, getting into a CEO role or a VP position. We are talking to all of you. All right. And I will have all the links of where to find Rose and um, Mayday 757 and RWCA in the show notes for those of you who are on the run and on the go. Um, It's always there for you. And Rose, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody, And I appreciate what you're doing and your willingness to uh, connect with someone all the way in Virginia and across the whole continent to to believe in and make this program work. And I believe in you and I believe in the work that we're going to do. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.